When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFiera. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing good. Happy Easter also. Happy Easter to everybody from Syracuse. LJ, we got snow in Syracuse this morning. I wish I was joking. Um... I'm not joking. There was snow on the ground as I was walking to my car to drive to lunch today. Um, just oh, I, unbelievable. I believe you. Yeah, no, um, my cousin was up in Tupper Lake, got the same thing, and we're supposed to get 5 to 10 inches tomorrow, Tuesday. In 10 Tuesday. inches. <laughs> 5 to 10 inches is what they're predicting. And it's like in just, just encircling like outside of Saratoga area, so like just west. So like Amsterdam's definitely going to get hit and stuff like that. So we're going to get something. Allegedly, I don't buy it. Look, I mean, it's April. We're not getting, we're not getting more than an inch of snow. We're not getting an inch of snow. I refuse to believe that it that it will snow anymore. But crazier things have happened. Yeah, it's also like again, me knowing media and the way shit works now more than I did before. They're a hundred percent. They, the weather is the easiest marketing that news stations have. They hype up storms so much just to get the ratings. LJ, I feel like that this is something that you you could go for a long time on. Um, I could. <laughs> well, practice I can go on for a while. We have 
some very interesting things to talk about, breaking down uh, what was a great weekend in the league, uh, Jackie Robinson Day on Friday, uh, and, you know, we had a great, really, weekend of series. We've actually got quite a few storylines coming out of the weekend. Currently watching the Sunday night game, Atlanta and San Diego. You Darvish uh, in the fifth inning right now. Uh, he's scoreless. Finally putting together a nice start after a rocky first few starts. Uh, Padres are up two to nothing. Darvish looking pretty good. But um, LJ, do we want to talk about a guy that uh, we've covered quite a bit, but really justifiable and that's uh hunter green i mean last night against the dodgers this was unbelievable this is one of the best pitching performances from a rookie that you're ever going to see if you don't especially if you don't look at the box score because yes he does give up to earn but the stuff that he is throwing what he is showing he's capable of doing is absolutely unreal. It's the type of stuff that's going to make you say, holy pitching, Batman. Um, the official stat here is 34-plus um, triple-digit pitches in his... Um, 39, uh, actually, 39 was the official the exact, count. Yeah. I was looking at the old him and tweet. Yeah, so 39 pitches of 100 miles an hour or more. That is the most in the stat tracking era, pitch tracking era. Yes, and the pitch tracking era goes back to 2008. Uh, look, LJ, you're right. It's one of the most impressive performances when you don't take into account the box score. And the two runs he gives up is on a home run in the last inning he pitches when realistically he might not even been out there. Like, he shouldn't even been out there. Um, I know it was good to have him out there in that situation, but... When you, like, for the Reds' best chance to win that game, and this might sound dumb because he was pitching good, but when you got Trey Turner at the plate, I don't know if having a rookie who's already, like, not gassed, but he's already thrown that many 100-mile-an-hour pitches at that point in the game. That would have been the third time through the lineup. Third time through the lineup. Runner on base already. Um... Maybe not the best choice, but I'm not going to fault the Reds for leaving out their stud rookie pitcher who has been throwing gas all night, making Freddie Freeman uh, look like a double-A hitter. I mean, some of the swings and misses he was getting, LJ, these these are, these are Dodgers hitters, they, they couldn't touch it. They literally could not touch his stuff. Uh, and it's unbelievable to me that he can throw at such velocity— and have great control at the same time, as that was something that hurt him in the minors and was a big uh, flaw that a lot of people uh, saw in him coming up was that, sure, he can throw insanely hard and is a guy that could be a generational talent at pitcher stuff-wise, but can he control it? Can he hit his spots? And last night he goes out in L.A., which is his hometown, by the way. He went to school in Los Angeles. Actually went to school with somebody who lives on my floor here at college. So very cool uh, to meet someone who has actually seen him pitch in high school and knows him personally. But also the fact that uh, this is one of the best lineups that we've seen put together in the last 50 years of baseball. 
and he was just mowing them down and scoreless into the sixth inning makes it all more impressive. And LJ, are we at the point where every time he starts, like you should have that game on or it's just something that you should be keeping an eye on? Because he is really, really special. And sure, he's going to have games where he's not the best, but wow, is this kid fun to watch. Look, I think are you, maybe it's not even a realistic expectation, but the most you should expect from a rookie pitcher, a young rookie pitcher especially, is like a three seven five ERA. You know, like that's probably the. Is, am I fair in saying that's like the cap of where you can say you you could possibly expect a guy to go? Those are the type of guys, pitchers, when you get into your second third year, major league experience, going up against these types of hitters every single week you start to improve in the, that point in time, but that shouldn't discount what he's doing right now. That shouldn't discount the incredible stuff. Even a loss should not discount what he did yesterday. You're right, Brandon, to touch on the Dodgers lineup again. You just don't screw with the Dodgers lineup. If you're going up against the top of the order in your sixth inning of work, that's just not a good idea. That's not, a, that's not smart. And that's not putting your young guy in the best position possible to, continue to succeed in this league but either way this guy's going to be absolutely filthy this fastball again fastball speaks for itself but i think what's going to be more interesting is to see him incorporate the rest of his arsenal of course the slider throws has been throwing that about 23 percent of the time through his two starts but what was really turning a lot of heads during spring training what got him called up and put on the roster was this changeup, and i think a healthy changeup, which he's i guess proving to have is possibly the most deadly pitch for a guy who's able to consistently throw a hundred and hundred and one, you know, you, you get this in their head, you get this whole timing. Like this is one of the fastest arms in the league. One of the best arms in the league. I have to be ready. I'd have to time up this fastball. And then all of a sudden he's putting that change up out there and he's going to be able to absolutely have a field day with it. It doesn't even have to be a great change up, which it sounds like it could end up being, it just needs to be a good changeup to make a world of difference when he throws it. And that's going to be very exciting to answer your question about whether we need to have this on. I kind of got to say, yes, you know, either way, it's just fun to watch a guy gun it from the mound like this guy's doing. And I can't remember a pitcher, Brandon, maybe you can bring somebody up that I'm not remembering, but I can't remember a rookie that was giving this much excitement other than Michael Kopech when he first came up before he got hurt. Like there was that, there was that little stretch in there where he looked really good and his stuff was electric and then he got hurt and then everyone forgot about him. I feel like that's the last time I was this excited about a young guy. Yeah. Uh, especially this hyped up too. I mean, the, he was the number two overall pick a couple years ago. We've known about this guy for a while, but then Finally, this year in spring training, we start to hear the rumblings of how, you know, he might make this team, and then he ends up he ends up uh, making the opening day roster. Uh, just, you know, s something that certainly to to a monitor. And LJ, you talk about you don't screw around with the the Dodgers lineup. This is the same Dodgers lineup that put seven runs up in the fifth or in like the sixth inning today or the fifth inning. I forget what inning it was against the Reds. Uh, I want to say it would have to be the fifth inning because Molly gave up a bunch, right? A fourth inning, excuse me. Uh, fourth inning. Yeah, they put up a seven spot. Uh, and when you have 
an expected batting average for the day of 320 as a team. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy to me. Freddie Freeman's above 300 batting average. Trey Turner's above a 300 batting average. Uh, Chris Taylor's above a 300 batting average. Gavin Luck's above a 300 batting average. These are all guys that are hitting above 300 to start the year, and that's not even bringing in guys like like Mookie Betts, who is drawing his fair share of walks and still hitting the ball. He's a guy who doesn't strike out a lot. This is a guy like Max Muncy, who is finally, you know, he hit the ball hard twice today, according to StatCast. A guy that was a legitimate MVP contender until he goes down uh, last season. I mean, just, we could go on and on about this this Dodgers lineup, and it just makes the point that what Hunter Green did last night was so impressive. But, uh... Um, yeah, I just want to say one more thing on this. This is possibly the best start for a rebuild that Cincinnati could have asked for. And they're 2-7. and seven, and <laughs> They're 2-7, and seven, but you kind of don't care if you're a fan, because... You look at it and you're like, all right, we are in a rebuild. We're kind of, this is our start with our young group. Most of the time you're looking for that young group to all be solid. So you have some hope for it. When you have a guy that's pitching this well, that's performing this well, even a position player, if he's just like going off, off in his first year and just is proving he is worth that hype. They can sometimes be enough to get people in the stands, to get people to actually show up for these games because they want to watch, just want to watch him play. And they're going to be able to hopefully, with what we've seen through two starts, granted it's only two starts, they should be able to ride that train until the rest of this lineup shakes out. Because overall, this hasn't been a very impressive start for the rest of them offensively, as much as the rest of the pitching staff isn't there. Also, they've got a lot of holes. The offense hasn't been good and could use a pick-me-up. But as long as they have a guy like, Hunter Green there and a guy who's going to be able to put together these types of electric outings, they're not going to have an issue selling tickets. No, and not only do they have Hunter Green, but they have the guy that won the Rookie of the Year last year, too. Let's not forget that. Uh, The young talent is certainly flowing for Cincinnati. Uh, Charlie Goldsmith told us about one of their top prospects, Ellie De La Cruz, a 6'5 switch hitting shortstop with light tower power. Uh, You know, I'm starting to feel better and better about this Reds rebuild as I talk more about it and think more about it. But certainly we can... And you also have to take into consideration that uh, we still haven't gotten second half Joey Votto yet. No. That's always a show. Of of course, and to have a guy like that in the clubhouse too, to to mentor these guys, uh, just awesome, awesome. I lo- I love what they're doing there, and it seems like that the Reds fan base, even though they are off to a poor start, does realize that as well. LJ though, um, Brandon though, it's time we talk about a few of the results of the weekend series, and that includes. My New York Yankees losing two out of three in Baltimore, including a Friday night game where it goes into the 11th inning. The Yankees lose on a walk-off walk. Um, I don't blame Aroldis Chapman, actually. I blame the offense, which was absolutely putrid the entire weekend. Uh, I blame zero on the pitching staff. I think if you do, you're just not watching the games. Um, Look, Chapman... Chapman, all right. Look, Chapman did does walk that guy, but they put him in like a pretty tough situation. And also, 
he had pitched pitched the night prior to that and the team didn't get into the hotel until 4 30 in the morning that night also because there was a rain delay thursday night I, I really cannot blame um, Chapman there. It's the walk-off walk. It's the most frustrated I've been after a game in a while, but it's because of this offense, which is just absolutely awful. Awful. I'm not going to put this on Chapman. I was actually going to put it on Clark Schmidt, or excuse me, Clark Schmidt with two L's. Um, look, you got you – can't, you can't have three walks as a reliever and get out scot-free in, a, in an outing. I don't care how long your outing is. If you're walking that many batters, especially in a tight game, that can't happen. So that's really, again, part, yes, you're right. The offense was really bad, but he also deserves his share of blame. LJ, all right, that's, and that's a fair point. Uh, Clark Schmidt, though, is like one of the oh, guys Clark in our Schmidt. bullpen who, um, you know, is – one of the lower leverage guys. We had just burned through so many pitchers. This 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 are, this bullpen is currently second in bullpen innings at forty four and two thirds, I believe. And heading into today's game, they were number one in overall team ERA. The pitching has not been the issue whatsoever this year. Um, LJ, if you t- if you get rid of the fifth inning in Saturday's game. The Yankees scored two runs in 28 innings against the Baltimore Orioles pitching staff this this weekend. It just can't happen. And how many uncompetitive at-bats they've had. They waste, which LJ's going to talk about, they waste a phenomenal start from Nestor Cortez. The best I've ever seen him pitch. The best. Like, this is one of the best starts of his career. One of the best starts the Yankees have had in really the past few seasons, 12 strikeouts through five innings today, including an immaculate inning, which stupid Kyle Higashioka throws the last out ball into the stands of the immaculate inning. Um, just so dumb. I, I, I'm not sure if they got the ball back or not, but... I mean, to be fair, it's not like Mike Evans throwing away uh, Tom Brady's 500th touchdown. That's pretty bad. It doesn't, um, it doesn't get that bad. An immaculate inning is still more rare than a no-hitter. Uh, I think it's important that we realize that. Um, and it's Nasty Nestor. I mean, this guy, I don't know how you don't feel for him today. He does everything he can for this team. And you put up no runs against an Orioles pitching staff that, quite frankly, and look, they pitched really good this weekend. And... I'm not going to fault them. I mean, they figured out how to get us out, but it is the Baltimore Orioles. And this and when the Rays and the Blue Jays and the Red Sox all win 15 of their 19 games against this team this year and the Yankees go 10 and 9 or 11 and 8 like they seem to do every year and we somehow end up some sneaking into the wild card or when it comes down to the late, you know, the 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 late season scenarios we're going to look back at series like this and say how does this happen it it just cannot happen I don't even know who to blame at this point but this offense is it's so boring to watch the at-bats are just so non-competitive uh there it's it's like there's no there's no one who's dynamic on this team and LJ if only if only there was some bats that we could have went out and got this offseason. You know, I I was looking at the free agent list of players we could have got, LJ. There was no good hitters. I mean, there was no good shortstops. There was there was 
Nobody. There wasn't Matt Olson or Marcus Simeon or Corey Seager or Carlos Correa or Freddie Freeman. All those guys, LJ. The Yankees, and obviously I'm being sarcastic here, it, it just it makes what was a frustrating offseason. And, you know, I tried to, to justify what we did this offseason by trading for IKF and Donaldson. I tried to, to justify that. I just can't anymore, especially when you see these players that we could have got. They're so dynamic. They they know how to situationally hit. And sure, Josh Donaldson hit his first homer for the Yankees Saturday night. Like big, you know, it was big for him. He has to walk off on opening day. It's not necessarily him, but it's just very, very disappointing to know that we have our highest payroll ever. If you would have told me we would have our highest payroll ever heading into this year, I would have immediately thought, okay, so we got one of those big names. And no, we somehow don't. And it's for a 250 or $260 million payroll, whatever we have, this team is playing like a $100 million payroll. It's, it's, it's quite embarrassing. And, you know, good for Baltimore for... Really staying competitive in these games and really showing it to us. I mean, hopefully this wakes us up, but I'm not that optimistic. And I know we got the off day tomorrow and then we play the Tigers, but wow, this is, there's, it's not looking good in in, in Yankee land right now. Well, the Yankees offense is designed to be very hot and cold. Those are the types of players that they've brought in and they've brought in too many of them. And that's the whole point of what was supposed to be their off season that they, completely abandoned after the uh, after lockout. Like, their whole plan, get it more athletic, get more versatile, just went out the window as soon as the lockout ended. It's like they didn't think that there was going to be a lockout. Like, actually. They it's... doubled down. Like, they, they doubled down on what wasn't working for them because this type of offense that they built is very rich and poor. And you need to be able to capitalize in more in crucial situations than just statistically being able to win 90 games because of your run scoring and your runs against like you need to be able to win the clutch games if you're going to go anywhere and i think also that comes into baltimore because look you lose this series i think honestly that's more important to me than the offense not producing is the fact that it ends in a loss you lose a series to the baltimore orioles and you lose it early in the season the yankees the only reason they've been successful i firmly believe over this stretch, this championship window that they've had, so to say, or, or com- competitive window since 2017, is because time after time, they beat up against the Baltimore Orioles. The Baltimore Orioles haven't been a competitive team during this Yankees championship window. And so they end up having tight margins with the Red Sox, tight margins with the Rays, usually actually usually losing margins with the Rays, and a competitive fight with the Blue Jays every year. And that's a struggle. But where the Yankees really always show up, it seems like, is against the Orioles. And they show up in epic fashion in terms of run scoring half the time. I mean, Glaber Torres, I'm pretty sure, only wakes up if he's playing Baltimore. <laughs> and last year, they go 11-8. and 8. 2020, they go 7-3 and 3 against the Orioles. 2019, they go 17-2. and 17-2, and 2, Brandon. That's such a... Like and that was a that was a solid year. It wasn't like a great year, but it was a really good year. We won the AL East. We haven't won the AL East since then. No, but how many games did they win in 2019? I can't remember the top. A hundred. They yeah I, exactly. Uh, I think no, I think they. Oh, 103. <laughs> that the 
and then they went 12 and 7 in 2018. The secret for the Yankees being able to compete in the AL East is the fact that they always do really good against the Orioles, and then they come up kind of mediocre when it comes to record against the other three teams. It's a competitive, it's always been really competitive, though. It's always been competitive, but they don't, like, even in their good years, they don't show up significantly against the other teams. It's always very stagnant. It's very close to 500, but they always manage to show up against the Orioles. If they're not showing up against the Orioles this year, if they're dropping games to Baltimore left and right, all of a sudden there's not going to be enough games for them to pick up because they don't have the clutch hitting ability to be able to compete with Boston, with Tampa in these crucial series. I mean, you're absolutely preaching to the choir. LJ, heading into this weekend, our next our next 15 games were against Baltimore, Detroit, Cleveland, Baltimore, and then Kansas City. <laughs> that very quickly looks like a semi-daunting road trip, especially if you're cold. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend that Detroit's had this great start. They've had a solid start. I think a lot of the pieces I've been bad they're not bad. They're not bad by any means. They weren't they're not setting the world on fire, but Cleveland is performing better than four and five. If it weren't for this weekend series where they just got owned by the Giants, they wouldn't be four and five and their offensive production would look much better. Are they still up towards the top in terms of offense? Who's that? They're second. The Cleveland is still second in runs, first in OPS, and they have possibly one of the one of, if not the best manager in the league. So he's definitely going to be able to out coach, out manage Boone. They probably will be able to out hit the Yankees. And so, at this point, with what we're seeing right now, I'm not trying to not trying to hate on the Yankees here, but I mark that down as a loss. I mark Detroit down as a tough win, and with the way they just. What they just pulled against Baltimore, I'd have to say that's a tough win too. So you're not looking at a series where you definitely should feel comfortable about winning until you go to Kansas City. I I just I don't know where we go from here. Um, look, it's it's early, and I know last year, like literally on this exact weekend, I had a great rant about the Yankees after they dropped games to Tampa Bay. The offense was awful uh, we just couldn't do anything and eventually the bats do heat up but that's the thing the Red Sox are struggling with the same thing offensively too right now like but, I mean, yesterday they put on up that ridiculous eighth inning but some of these teams just their bats haven't shown up but they also find ways to win games the Yankees aren't finding ways to win games even when they do get into a situation where they need their pitching to bail them out the relief the right relievers aren't necessarily always coming up clutch you have stuff like the Clark Schmidt thing that happens and those games slip away. So it's just, it's not a good, this offense isn't good right now, but the pitching is also not, the relief group isn't being able to support and stay clean enough to pull them out of it. And it's just because they've had to pitch so many innings. I mean, the pitching staff as a whole has been, LJ, like, arguably the best pitching staff in the league like you look at a bunch of the stats it's the Yankees on top uh, a bunch of them with with the pitching I, I don't know how you could ever fault this pitching staff seventh and, but, seventh and starting ERA first in relief ERA right now yeah and thir- third in hits and home runs per nine for the relief staff also yeah it's just a matter of how many innings is too many innings even for a deep 
bullpen right now with the added roster slots. Because oh, I mean, yeah. Garrett, Garrett Cole can only get shelled so many times and have to have guys go bring in bring in early. Luis Severino is probably going to end up being the best offseason addition, let's call him, because he's actually healthy and he's in the starting rotation right now. He's going to be the biggest impact from 2021 to 2022 on any AL East team. And that's and, always been an issue with the Yankees, though, is that they see guys coming back from injury as additions rather than just like, oh, they're back. Like, we see that as, like, such a he, huge plus. Like, no, but he, add he more. Been, but you also can't. What I'm just saying is you can't stretch him out yet. Like, he's not stretched no. out yet. He shouldn't be. And those two guys, I think having your number one and your number two in a situation where they haven't pitched to their fullest is a big issue for this bullpen. One last thing, and then we spent way too long on the Yankees. Yeah, but, um, Look, and the reason why I say this is like, yeah, sure, the Red Sox offense is struggling. But it's, LJ, it's the same thing year after year. And it's the same thing. It's this offense that for 120 games is just awful to watch. And I'm going to have to torture myself for three hours every night for 152 more nights watching this offense play. And... And what's sad about that is the fact that... The same thing every year. It's just the well, same no, thing. And no disrespect, but, like, they do just enough to get people to forget. The majority of New York forgets because they have bl- a blistering June every single year. They have a blistering end to, the, end to August half the time. Like, there's always two stretches where they're ridiculously good offensively, and everyone forgets that this is a problem. Like, playing the statistics game just doesn't work. Tampa's... Tampa's miles ahead of everybody in the statistics game. That's the only reason that they stay above water with that, I think. Yeah, but they don't just have guys. Exactly. The problem is that the Yankee stats game is that it's all home run, strikeout, or walk. The Rays, like, realize that you need contact hitters in your lineup, not named Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, who is turning into 2021 DJ LeMahieu very fast, uh, just an automatic ground ball. But that's all I'll say about the Yankees. We did spend a long time on them, and I'm sorry about that. This is, we are supposed to be talking about more than the Yankees. I promise tomorrow and in future days we will not go as long as I'm not because it's going to be the same thing. When the Yankees struggle for the rest yeah. of whenever, I, I'm, there's not going to be anything more for me to say. I'm not, I'm not going to say the, the same thing all the time. Days. The Yankees are on a three-day MLB daily suspension. Good. I could, could, I don't. Even, I want to think about this team for the next three days. I hope whatever happens on this plane ride to 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 Michigan fixes this team. That, that's all I'm saying. But LJ, you want to know who is fixed and who's back? Who is fixed? Who is back? Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander's yes, back. Yes, sir. Eight yes, scoreless. Sir. Eight scoreless against the Mariners. Allows only three hits. Uh, I mean, this is vintage Justin Verlander. That we all knew there was a chance of him being able to do this. But, I mean, oh my god. This early in the season, he's going eight innings? And he didn't miss a beat. Like, he... LJ, the three hits he allows are all singles. He doesn't allow a runner past second base the whole night. It's... It's amazing to me how a guy like that, but it's also not because it's it's Justin frickin' Verlander. I mean, come on now, this, this is also, this was inevitable. Give credit where credit's due. This is Houston's doing because not only have they again time and time again 
put together good pitching. That's why they've put together this dynasty, this run where they've been so consistently competitive going to all of these ALCSs and stuff is because they consistently are able to develop starting rotations, develop bullpens. I'm not sure exactly what they're doing, what their philosophy is that's different than anyone else. Hopefully they don't write a book about it so they can keep doing this for a while. But um, I just, I think it's fantastic that they are able to keep doing this. But what I really was meaning to say here is I think the fact that they didn't bring Verlander back is the biggest thing for me because he wanted to be here. He wanted to be in that bullpen at the end of September. You, you know it, I know it, and I think Houston certainly knew it too, but they saw it as, all right, we're willing to reinvest in this guy in the offseason because he is Justin Verlander. He's going to be able to bounce back. Let's make sure he's fully healthy before we start putting that type of strain on his arm. So they decide not to bring back their best player for the playoffs, make the World Series anyways, and then show back up to this season with one of the best pitchers in the world. Yeah, and look, Verlander does deal and looks really, really good, but, um, you know, the Mariners, they still take the series this weekend, LJ. Yep. Yeah, this is, again, really good start for the Mariners by doing this. It's a weird time of year. Again, I said it, Oakland very easily can manage to get the division win here for April because so much stuff happens and Oakland's the type of team that's very rich or poor. If they're rich, they're going to do it. And they've, they've won, the fact that they've won five games, the fact that they're five and five is an absolute miracle to me. You look at this, this offense, you look at this roster, there's next to no one on this that you should know or care about. Tony Kemp is your leadoff hitter. And yet they're finding ways to win games, just dinking against good teams. I mean, that Philly series, going to Philly, going to Tampa and taking games away each time, that's so great for this team. And so overall, they're going to look very favorably, or they're going to be looked upon very favorably coming out of this early, early portion of the season, just because so much crazy stuff is happening in the division and they're being so consistent. As for Houston, this lineup's just got to get get things together. Again, it's very similar to the Red Sox slow start where it's like their bats are either all there or they're not there. There's no consistency to how the offense performs from day to day right now. But that's that's a regular April thing. They weren't that looking all that great for stretches of the year last year too. That's baseball. So at the end of the day, I like what I've seen out of a lot of the pitchers on this team. I've liked what I've seen when the offense is going well. So this is still Houston's league to lose, but they're not going to have a good April. You can already tell like the chemistry, the synergy just isn't there yet. Yeah. And um, I know we are running a little bit out of time, but you know, it is interesting how Oakland is playing. They certainly could be a team that lose still has a hundred losses at the end of the season, but to still take away wins from teams like the Phillies and Rays, who are really competing for one of those uh, extra wild card spots now, uh, it does end up coming down to it. And like in September, those teams are going to look at these games and be like, "Wow, like Oakland is terrible this year, and we we you know we uh, couldn't have a sweep against them." And I, I think that's what what uh, 
it comes down to is that those teams at the end of the day um, are still dropping games to an Oakland team that, uh, you know, it, they could be um, one of the worst teams in the league, but it's, it's great to see them already winning. Um, LJ, yeah, we are running a little bit out of time, but was there anything else you wanted to talk about? I know this Padres-Braves game, not much has happened since we started recording. Um, San Diego's still up 2 nothing in the bottom of the sixth now. But, um, yeah, anything else that you that you saw no, this, think, this weekend? Again, Hunter Green was really just the thing that got me excited to come yeah. here and talk to me. So oh, yeah. That was very fun. But, no, we'll be back tomorrow. Do we want to do a little uh, – um production meeting segment here real quick sure are we are we thinking power rankings tomorrow i love it first power rankings of the year yeah i I feel like there's enough games now where yeah oh also um the grays john gray and sunny gray appear to be swapping places on the il Oh yeah, there there was a bunch of injuries that um, occurred this weekend. Some stuff with Mike Trout getting hit on the hand. We will talk about all that tomorrow um, when there's not as many games to cover. But it is Marathon Monday tomorrow, LJ, right? Yep. In Boston. Eleven o'clock start. Eleven o'clock start. Uh, Red Sox will not lose that game. Do they ever lose on on Marathon Monday? They certainly didn't lose on Marathon Monday last year. That was an av- I was there absolute show they pounded lucas giolito in that second inning to a pulp it was quite the show so they will not be losing tomorrow um not not in the boston strong jerseys yeah not in the yellow jerseys that's for sure um but other than that um i think that's gonna do it uh thank you guys for listening we'll be back tomorrow with more news um i know this was more game oriented but uh we certainly have more stuff to talk about tomorrow and um, be sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all at MLB Daily Pod. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good Easter and uh, have a good night, everybody. See you mañana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.